Hello, welcome to Strange Love of Movies. My name is Olivia Martinez and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Oscar and Emily Martinez. And today we will be discussing the 2017 film Molly's Game, which is all about the poker princess Molly Bloom. Now this movie has recently come to Netflix, so my parents have already seen it without me. Thanks guys. And You're welcome. <laughs> and we decided to watch it again just to analyze it because there is a lot to unpack here. This is the famous screenwriter Aaron Sorkin's directorial debut, and Aaron Sorkin has won an Academy Award for The Social Network. What else has he written? The West I think Wing? He's, yeah, probably best known for creating The West Wing. Yeah, yeah which is a political drama. Right, and kind of, uh, he probably won multiple Emmys for that. I'm sure. So he is just super acclaimed, and this was his directorial debut, because fun fact... They wanted David Fincher to direct this movie, but he said the budget was too small. They had no time to make this movie, and Fincher's super meticulous. He directed Social Network, but he decided no for this one. So then Aaron Sorkin took over and was like, okay, maybe I should try my hand at directing. Yes, and I think you can tell that it's a first-time director. He, Not that it's sloppy or anything messy about it at all, but this is definitely a case of the strength of the movie is the script and the mm -hmm. story. And the weakness of the movie is there's just a little bit too much script and story. Yeah. He needed an editor. He Shawty needed somebody needed to editor. step in. And, and I mean, I'm sure he had a film editor, <laughs> but he probably needed a balance as far as how much detail he went into and who he needed to, where he needed to cut, etc. It runs a little long. I agree. And it's something that you see a lot in first time directors where it's a combination of over explaining and too many words. I don't yeah, know how else to say it. Yeah, you made that point. Or you said there were too many words, but at the same time, it was good that there were so many words. Remember when we were watching the movie? I think one of the, I mean, one of the best parts of the movie or one of the parts I've I mean, I liked the movie. We really liked this movie. Yeah. We did. I mean, it was very interesting and entertaining. Crazy story. But I don't know much about poker. And so I thought, thought one of the most interesting things was they do kind of explain a lot about the game. And since the whole story revolves around that, it, that I appreciated the fact that they took some time for exposition. You know what I just realized? We haven't told people what this movie's about. Oh, yes. Go ahead. <laughs> so it starts with the main character, Molly Bloom, and she's an Olympic skier or an Olympics uh, hopeful, really talented mm -hmm. athlete in Colorado. And you think, oh, wow, this is going to be a movie about her and her athletic prowess or what have you. Maybe that's her game or what have you if you don't know anything about the movie. But then it takes a turn because she has an injury. A really, really bad freak accident injury that should never have happened. But yeah, it's kind of terrifying. And that's key to her life because Definitely. you can tell she's somebody... First of all, it kind of defines her personality. She's very driven. High achieving. High achieving. But also she had her whole life planned out she mm -hmm. was going to the olympics she was going to law school da -da -da. harvard law school harvard law school she's very bright but then with the injury that just kind of throws everything into turmoil Definitely. and from then on i think she's struggling to get back on track and find a new identity sorry dad for interrupting no no problem y'all are doing a great job go ahead and, and pick it up from there oh he's so kind yes yeah, so she's kind of struggling to find a new identity after she's super injured so she goes to la and has this horrible boss isn't he the worst mom oh he is the worst and he's I, I wish I could remember the name of the actor but he's played by the same guy who is the I think he's the second son kind of the main son in in the HBO series Succession okay just so you know oh yeah you recognized him from that in that he plays kind of a similar personality <laughs> 
And even though he is the worst employer ever, he's kind of the reason why she gets into the poker business at first because he tells her that if she will help organize the poker game for tonight, she will get tips and paid extra. So of course she does it. And she is shocked when she goes and she just sees movie stars, athletes, all these people at the super secretive and expensive game. I think the buy-in is what, like $50,000 just to play. Like everyone has to pay at least $50,000. That would certainly narrow the field as far as the kind of people they're going to attract to the game. Mm -hmm. Only the big timers. For sure. And she meets the very first night Player X, who's played by Michael Sarah, our king, Arrested Development baby. He's the best. But in this movie, he is a total jerk. And Dad, do you know who Player X is in real life? Oh, because we need to say this is all based on a true story. Yes, it's a book written by Molly Bloom. And... She names some of the actors and people involved in it, but not all of them. But Player X, she definitely names. And who is that dad? Tobey Maguire. The, uh, he was one of the Spider-Mans, and he was also in Great Gatsby. He was Nick Carraway, the narrator, the main guy. He's good friends with Leonardo DiCaprio, going way back. And so Leo was part of this as well, right? Yeah, he was. But Leo was never a big jerk or anything, according to Molly. And Ben Affleck was also someone who was part of this. And who else was it? A-Rod? Yeah, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, when, when she moves the game to New York, I think a lot of big athletes Big Yankees and stuff. So yeah, in LA, it's more the celebrities. And then in New York, it's kind of the wealthy mobsters and all those people and the athletes. And, and what you were saying earlier about the $50,000 to athletes, those types of A-list actors and uh, top athletes, that's nothing to it's them. It's nothing, yes. So And that's why a lot of those athletes do have issues with gambling because... They need something constantly to, to, to keep them going and, and keep the excitement going. And yeah. the thing that makes this kind of brings it down to earth, and in a way you're kind of watching all this glamour and all this money and everybody's having a good time and it's the kind of people who can afford to spend this money, mm-hmm. so, so what? But at one point Player X shows his stripes when he tells Molly that he doesn't really play to win mm-hmm. what is it exactly? he plays to ruin lives and that, that really is, says a lot because obviously gambling has ruined a lot of people's lives it's absolutely and, insane so to think that the worst man alive in hollywood toby mcguire would say all that stuff oh well allegedly it was like he allegedly, allegedly. Said it and was allegedly the character we can't prove anything it, it would make sense for him to be a jerk though because imagine being friends with leo your entire life and having to compete with that i don't think but we don't want to get sued because so yeah, we're no. not making accusations. No, we're, we're just, not. We love you, Toby Maguire. <laughs> we're citing sources. Yeah, fan, we'll have a Toby Maguire fan club now on Strange Love. I would like to go on the record that I did like him in Gatsby. He was okay. Yeah, but we still think he was sort of miscast, don't you but, think? Yeah, be that as it may. Yeah. Sorry, Toby, but just don't be mean to Poker Princess anymore. So after a while, Molly kind of becomes in charge of this game and she moves it to the, what was it, the Four Seasons, a super nice hotel, and they play there, and I think the buy-in becomes $100,000 or something like that, and she makes it super prestigious, people want in, and one of the most interesting parts of the movie, remember that hedge fund manager? Right. I think it, they call him Bad Brad or something. Because he's such a bad player. He's a terrible poker player, he loses 100 k a week, and she keeps telling him, maybe you should stop, dude, and... He seems so adorable and stuff because he's like, oh, no, I just want to socialize. But then it turns out he's actually making 
way more money by making all these connections at the poker table. Remember? Getting, yes, getting those players to buy into his hedge mm-hmm. fund. And it showed that everybody had an angle. Exactly. Right? Even the losers had an angle. You yeah. Know, you think the winners are there just to win, the losers are there just to lose, but th- there's more to everything than it seems, right? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, he could be losing 100000 every week, but he's gaining like $2 million in hedge fund stuff. And Molly does a great job running the game, just like everything else. I guess she's just a high achiever, and whatever she tries in her life, she's good at running the game. She really she's is. good at keeping the players happy. And I don't think we've even mentioned who plays Molly, and that is Jessica Chastain. And I think she was famously snubbed from Best Actress at the Oscars. She wasn't nominated at all, which is wild. She did a great job. She really did. She was this character. She was so confident and like kind of hot. It was just, it was so good. Well, yeah. that's why I think we have an introduced her till now because she so inhabited that role i really thought it was her you know it was really molly bloom and just the one thing to point out that these games in and of themselves were not illegal and they they, it, it explains it pretty well in the movie although however things that happened at certain points make it illegal if that makes any sense you yeah. kind of have to see it but they explain it pretty well in case you're wondering well why didn't they stop this why didn't somebody stop this well you can have a card game in your home and you can you can bet for money but then uh, things get kind of weird when you start to do raise the stakes and you're borrowing money and you're well, you know paying off money remember and- it's it only becomes illegal when she takes a cut because for the first few months she wasn't taking any money from the game itself she was just making right. tips from like celebrities and stuff they would tip her thousands of dollars just to keep a seat at that table but then i think the buy-ins got bigger and bigger she owed people money within the game so she had to start stealing chips from the game so it got a little iffy and i i think that's probably what is usually the downfall of most of these illegal gambling operations (laughs) they usually get caught by the feds for um taking uh i think they call it a rake they basically hey, take a certain princess. percentage off of um, the table for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, also leads to all sorts of tax issues, I'm sure. So that's when, once she enters that realm, she's really putting herself out on a limb. Yeah, and she gets into all this legal trouble, and she finds a lawyer who's kind of a... He's really hard on her, but it's play, he's played by Idris Elba, and he's just... I mean, he's a good lawyer, but... Yeah, he's a he's a great father. They show him pushing his daughter in the same way that Molly's father kind of pushed her. And her but, father's played by Kevin Costner, FYI. Yes, and, and so you sense that she has something in common with this guy from the beginning. And he's a really good lawyer, and he really cares about her. He's very ethical, mm-hmm. and that's what she needs. But this is, may I say, this is kind of one of the areas that I have an issue with the film or the directing or... Yeah, go ahead. Um, I really like Idris Elba. Idris Elba. You've always liked Idris. I mean, You're like, I want him to be him. James Bond. I mean, I really like him. I think he's a really good actor and just really appealing. And his character is good. But I think they spend a little too much time focusing on her meetings with a lawyer and discussing all I the agree. legal stuff. I think they really could have cut that and it would have made it made the movie flow a little bit better. I agree because it's going from past to present time, but we want to stay in the past time. Like I want to watch her doing more of these poker games. I don't really care about her meetings in this big New York office with Idris Elba, even though yeah, they're great together and they have a great dynamic. And it's probably is it her is it a New York office or an LA office? New York. I'm, okay. Also, I'd like to point out the representation of poker in movies in general and gambling. It's always fairly glamorous. James Bond or the Old West or what have you. And and there are hints of that here because at one point, yeah, there are people really dressed up and 
that have hostesses who are models, former models, whatever, and, and dealers and what have you. But then it starts to get, just like the game itself, once it starts to suck you in, if, if you will, uh, some of those gamblers get sucked in for other reasons. She was sucked into that world. But eventually she it descends into uh, connections with these unsavory characters, really, really tough street people. And poker is a game that's played at night, and she lives her life at night. Nightlife. I think that's the kind of, she lives a kind of a weird lifestyle, and she eventually starts doing drugs. Drugs to keep her up late. A lot of them. Drugs to make her go to sleep. And so she starts to basically become addicted to drugs and alcohol. And even though she's still able to do her business, her life is a mess and she's making some bad decisions. And she seems like a real control freak at all times. So it's weird that she would be doing drugs. But it doesn't, it never shows her really doing drugs recreationally. It's more like, I need to get these drugs in my system so I can stay up. And but like, that's probably what opens the door for all these problems she has later on. She's, good point, not, good point. she's not her usual sharp side. Yeah, they lead to lapses in judgment, which lead to a really, really horrific scene involving. Um, I don't know how else to say it. It's probably the most shocking thing you'll see um, a man punching her in the face and a really beating her up, almost Russian killing her, really. Man. Yeah. You know, one thing I meant to ask y'all, because I know Aaron Sorkin has a couple of daughters, and it seemed the father-daughter relationship I found very moving and very touching. Kevin Costner plays her dad. But did y'all see it from your perspective? Do you think it was written from a woman's point of view? Or or is that even sexist to say that? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, was it more, was it different than it would have been otherwise? Yeah, I think that it is a very female-based movie. But yeah, that's kind of interesting that a guy did write this movie. But she did did write the book and that is where I think he takes most of his inspiration. Yes, it's based on her autobiography and so I think you definitely see everything through her eyes and you can tell that she's a talented, smart businesswoman. And mm-hmm. so if she had taken her talents and her gifts and gone into a, in a different direction, she could have been very successful in whatever part of life she entered. Yeah. This movie unfortunately kind of makes it seem like this profession chose her when in fact she chose to enter this field, this milieu, and that led to the problem. It was her choice, but she she had the talent to do so much more with her life. Exactly. Well, the other thing too, you've heard that phrase, uh, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. She didn't have any friends. There were no friends and the lawyer makes that point at one point, right? Like there's nobody on her side and yet she's in some ways the perfect host because she's doing everything that everybody needs and yet controlling the game, but also not being a part of it. So it's she's almost like a ghost in her own life if you, if you look at it from that perspective. That's a good point. And also they never show her romantically with anyone, which I kind of admire in a movie like this. Because, you know, every time there's a female lead, who's she going to end up with? It has nothing to do with that. She's running a business. She's getting things done. And I admire Aaron Torkin for doing that. And like so many movies, like when they get to a point where she should know better, she should know she's in trouble and she doesn't recognize that and bad things happen after that. And then it, it's only after that lesson at the fist of this Russian mobster that she realizes, oh, I could get killed doing this stuff if I don't if I don't get out. And that's what makes her decision to get out of, of that type of business. And she does get out. That's the thing. The feds come for her two years after she ran a game for the last time. And again, this is one of those things that it would be kind of interesting to know a little bit more about the backstory because the way she's portrayed in the movie is she gets into trouble because she won't, she doesn't want enforcers. 
she doesn't want to let the Russian mob in on her game and go collecting money that's owed to her. She doesn't want violence involved. That's one of those things that when I'm watching it, I can't help but wonder, hmm, I wonder if that's the full story. Yeah. Uh, that's the way she tells it. That's a really good point because, you know, even we're your family-friendly podcast, but even we've got some muscle on our side and some enforcers to go out and beat people up. If you need <laughs> oh, that yeah. is not true. Don't be afraid, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> Sounds like a happy day sitcom, doesn't it? <laughs> The screenplay is obviously what was in charge of this entire movie. It kind of led the way for everything. And therefore, I think that the direction kind of, I don't know, it, 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 it was lacking a bit at times, you know, just seeing Molly walk out of a door and into a limo. Okay, I've seen that before. Like, let's, let's speed it up here. But we think that the best directed scene is that scene that we already talked about, that super disgustingly violent scene, because it kind of came out of the blue. I think it was, it really did achieve that effect of, violence to shock yeah we were we were shocked it's not the kind of film yeah it's not the kind of film you expect to see any violence necessarily Mm -hmm. and it just kind of came out of the blue without any warning and it's again a big man hitting a woman and it seemed very real and literally just in your face and very disturbing but i think it was very effective in making the point of just what a dangerous situation she'd gotten herself into well and it was a really good point Liv, about you're as shocked as she is you can just see it in her face like did you just hit me you know and you have a gun and and you can just imagine what she's going through as, as you're watching it emily you mentioned earlier the emphasis on the lawyer and client interaction the courtroom scenes the federal prosecutors that's probably about 30 minutes 45 minutes of the movie too much that they could have edited down yeah it's like the direction there were some really cool points that we we pointed out very well written script and then the explanation of the poker what the hands were and the the cool visuals on the screen but yeah some of that stuff like like Liv mentioned you've seen it before it was not necessary you know it did seem more like a trite movie that you've seen before we're like well, you've oh. seen it, there's just a million courtroom dramas out there and this wasn't the most interesting court case so they didn't really need (laughs) to spend as much time on the legal part of it just leave that to the typical courtroom drama but i I will can i say one last thing on that but i will say this about the courtroom scene it won't give away how it ends but it's not what you think is what you think is going to happen doesn't really happen but something else does happen there is it's it's almost it's an empty courtroom every movie you've ever seen courtrooms are packed and everyone's up there you know doing whatever and that's probably really realistic it's in the middle of the afternoon and they're boring it's just boring you know whatever it is and and there was some reality there it seemed (laughs) you know i think most of the movie was fairly realistic even though it's such a ridiculous concept and story and the last few minutes we've sounded kind of down on this movie but we really aren't it's a really fun movie i think anyone could enjoy it you know there's not much i think so and i again i don't know much about poker but it is it's always just an interesting environment or it's always kind of fascinating i think it's fascinating to people who know about poker i think it's equally fascinating to people who don't know anything about it yeah i agree just that glamorous lifestyle and ridiculousness is fascinating to watch on screen and it does have some really good acting mm-hmm. and some some really interesting scenes i i enjoyed it i think it was worth i really liked worth it seeing. yeah i would rewatch it anytime So, guys, watch Molly's Game on Netflix now. It is really good. Let us know what you think. Follow us on Instagram at StrangeLoveOfMoviesPod, and that will be linked down below. Thank you guys for listening, and play your cards right. Bye.